0: Hey, everyone. In this episode, we're going to be talking about streamlining operations, best practices, and property management efficiency. This is Brad Larson, founder of the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group with over 12,000 handpicked members contributing more posts and responses than any other organized property management focus group out there. I'm also the owner of RentWorks Property Management, managing over 1,000 plus homes in the San Antonio and Austin, Texas area. Lastly, your faithful podcast host contributing to the industry with podcasting for over seven plus years. And just a quick word on the new format. If you want a question reviewed on this podcast, post it to the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. Your comments in there will be reviewed and discussed in here. So episode four now, Streamlining Operations, Best Practices and Property Management Efficiency. So this is going to be a discussion about best practice for streamlining ops in a property manager for enhanced daily efficiency. Okay. This is, this is a great topic. I love it. This is something that we can talk freely about because this is an ongoing challenge. It never is a one-stop perfect solution. And I want to say that upfront because even when you think you have it nailed down, you don't because unlike an apartment complex where you have 564 units handed to you or whatever the number is, like in an apartment complex for management, you have a fluid number of units under management at all times. I mean, you could add 10, drop 10, add 10, lose 50, add 10, lose 400. I mean, it just you just never know because we, we don't have a solidified number of homes under management ever. And maybe some of you do out there where you have give or take X number of homes at all times because you have minimal churn and you have minimal add-ins and that's fine too. So in our experience, We started from zero and we built up to over 1100 homes. And today I think we sit at around 1060, somewhere in there. And so I always like to kind of round down when we say we have a a 1000 plus homes under management. And we've done some curtailing of some of the homes under management in the last uh, three months, four months. And that has been a good thing for the operation. I think we can manage more with less folks in that scenario and make the business actually more profitable because that, that really is the bottom line is you know what are you making in the business and you can you provide your team members a very good working environment. So in talking about this, best practices for streamlining ops, and we talked about this in several episodes, but I wanted to re bring this up again. Your value proposition. So if you don't have a good value proposition, you won't attract good owners and good homes. And streamlining operations for bad homes and bad owners is next to impossible because they will eat your lunch on time. You might have heard the old saying that 20% of your portfolio takes up 80% of your time. The old 80-20 rule, that does hold true. And I've heard companies go so far as uh, they have a call the herd session every year. So they get together as a group and they sit down and look at their their roll call of owners under management and homes under management, and they start firing owners. Um, and that could be done very effectively to, you know, the, the techniques out there are send them a letter saying in 30 days, we're, we're ending management. Uh, or you could, you know, send them a letter and say, oh, well, in 30 days, your property management fees are going to double, you know, and, and then, then it's up to the owner to fire you. So that, that could be a technique as well. Or you could even package that particular small portfolio of homes and try to offload it to another property manager. There's lots of different ways to offload potential properties that may not be into your liking, especially if you have a group of them and they might be, you know, level B or level C homes. Uh, rather than firing the owners, this is a, a tip I remember from Todd Green is he would just say, no, just package it and try to sell it to another property manager, even at a, at a discount. Uh, they could take it on, and and it's their problem from there. And you make something from it versus just firing the owners, and you lose and you get nothing. But all that goes back to a value proposition. Why would somebody want to work with you? Because this whole con concept of uh, you can't streamline operations if you don't have homes under management. And so, I, you know, I always remember uh, Pete Newbig and Steve Rosenberg. They were a partnership there in Houston, and I know those guys very well. They were they were considered. Our sister company, because we're in San Antonio there in Houston, we shared quite a bit. Both those are great dudes, but they couldn't be more left and right of each other. It's hilarious. Um, Pete, he's such a, I got to have it perfect operational wise, or I can't think I can't sleep at night. And Steve Rose, Rosenberg, he's out like, I'm going to go get a thousand homes, 10,000 homes. We're just going to figure it out as we go. And neither of them are wrong. Neither of them are right. That's sort of why they had a really good working relationship, and they had a great exit. They ended up selling to Mind, and they both worked at Mind for a bit, and now they're off doing other cool stuff inside the industry, and then Pete's doing stuff in the industry, and Rosenberg's you know, doing stuff he loves too, all kind of circling in and around the business world still, but it was just a neat exit they had, and again, I bring that up because one, I love those guys, and two, um, it was just such an interesting dichotomy between the two of them that it worked out well. It is the quintessential concept of streamlining your operations. You got to have homes to have under operation. If you don't, there's no point in improving. (laughs) Anyway, it's chicken before the egg type stuff. All right. Next thing I put on the notes was website. got to have a decent website to make sure you're you're streamlining operations. It goes into your tech stack. Your website is going to be indicative of how you sign up new owners. Uh, It's going to be also how you take in maintenance requests, potentially through your website and or your tech stack, which is also going to be your property management software. We use RentVine, I highly advise anyone out there to take a look at RentVine. We've used uh, Propertyware, we've used Appfolio and RentVine has been a great working solution for us. Their customer support is hands down, second to none. So I would recommend taking a look at, at RentVine as well. But that ties into the website tech stack Bullet points I had written up is without good ways to, communi- to communicate to the owners and tenants for anything, for putting out rent, for collecting rent, for maintenance requests, for uh, lease renewals, for applications, all that good stuff has to be tied into your good website tech stack. Now, the tech stack concept that could be, man, this could be a whole nother podcast on 20 different things out there, everything from property meld to the showings, there's, you know, all the, all the showing softwares out there. Uh, we're big fans of Tenant Turner. Uh, it, it goes into, do you want to go to Slack or monday.com or HubSpot or any of those to kind of manage internal operations? Uh, Lead Simple is another great one out there that we recommend. Uh, you know, then it, it Microsoft Outlook and then what kind of phones are you using? And, you know, it just, it goes even deeper than that. So the tech stack is a big thing in your operations and how you want to streamline what you want to do. Next, it goes into personnel. Clearly, you have to have good team members to run everything inside your tech stack, your website, your value proposition. It goes right into having good team members. And it's a lot easier said than done. Uh, you got to kiss a lot like frogs to find the right team members that are going to be on your team. And that's a whole nother uh, topic because you know we run people through Culture Index, which is a personality assessment. Uh, you could do cheaper versions of that out there Uh, there's the disc tests that are out there and all those are fine and dandy, but how do you apply those to sifting through the people that are going to work with you? And then it's also about finding the the right seat on the bus for the right person. And we also GWC them. And I'll talk through that inside of the EOS model. GWC is, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do it? And that's all part of your personnel that fit right into streamlining ops, and also bring up the sales versus operations uh, dilemma. And we've talked about this before. You have, you have people doing sales. that uh, They're trying to sign up new owners or whatever they're trying to do. And then you have operations who are trying to manage them. And we spent a lot of time in talking through that. But inside of the operational discussion, getting someone from sign up into the property manager's hands is part of your operation. And we've had to learn to streamline that through many, many mistakes, and the mistakes are made when you sign somebody up today and they're not going to be ready to rent for a month or two months or three months or whatever. They have to uh, package up. They got to move out, et cetera. And then you never contact them contact them back. They signed up today, but you're not on top of them daily and weekly indicating to them that, hey, we got everything working. Uh, oh, I need your insurance. Oh, I need to you know, make sure I got the good contact information for HOA. I mean, you got to stay in touch with them weekly. And that's part of a process that we've recently implemented is to ensure that even owners in the gray zone, I guess that's the final term I'm going to use, the gray zone between sales and being handed off to a portfolio manager, property manager for them to implement uh, or to take them and start marketing their property. That gray zone is what we've had to get improved on. And that ties right into streamlining. If you don't have that set up, uh, it's going to really tick you off when you sign somebody up today and okay, I'll be ready for you, ready for you in a month. And you contact them back in a month and they're like, well, we never heard from you. So we just went and found another property manager because we, we signed some paperwork, but you never called us back and never told us anything to do. And so, you know, we just, we just went ahead and leased it out to somebody, or we found somebody else to manage the property for us. And that's when you're going to be like, okay, where's the nearest bridge? Cause I'm fixing to jump off of it. Uh, and that that's just drives you nuts. So that's where, it's going to, I'm trying to warn you to make sure you get ahead of that now so you don't lose properties that way because that's what uh, all the consultants will tell you. There's where the churn, you churn, you know, you guys must suck because you get all kinds of churn in your properties. Well, it may not be the case because sometimes it's not always your fault. All right, so we're going to talk a lot next about EOS. And there's a couple of my notes I have, EOS, KPIs, and NPS. And all that kind of ties into key performance indicators, and your NPS score is going to tie into the KPIs, which ties into your EOS. So EOS is a term, Entrepreneur's Organizational Systems, or whatever it's going to call it. It's EOS. And it's uh, Gino Wickman, the book Traction. He's got four or five different books out there. And we implemented this a long time ago, and it's been one of the best things ever. So as promised, I always like to take particular posts out of the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. And talk about them here. So Peter Hernandez posted, "Who is using EOS for how long, and what's been your biggest win?" And we got all kinds of comments on that. And it—I only took a couple snapshots to go through. But for example, Paul Arrington said, "Who's also a, uh, a uh, Narcom instructor." We just did first EOS implementation meeting, twelve fifteen. Looking forward to working the project. As with any project, we must remain focused. It helps to have accountability partner outside of your organization that can help you stay focused. As mentioned. And I want to key point there because you have an accountability partner and that's part of what EOS is. Now I'm going to go through some, some other stuff on that because what we do, et cetera, Daniel Rothrock said, we use it. We're not as regimented as they call for, but it certainly helped organize our goals. There's definitely truth in having a visionary and an integrator. Great companies have both. And they and he mentioned they have about five books that come with their system. And a lot of people were asking, okay, did you self implement or have a pro and, that's a big part. That's a big part of what uh, should to be should be talked about next because when we decided to implement EOS, we hired a professional implementer and we used uh, Phil Mazur and Phil did a fantastic job for us. Unfortunately, Phil had to fly in every darn time. So it was a, a cost prohibitive thing for us to continue long-term. I would highly recommend him because uh, he's a great implementer. Now, if there's some there's some politics going on there that drive me insane and I'll I'll try to explain it as best I can. EOS is some sort of franchise and I don't know how to exactly explain it, but it ended up to where they now have two factions doing the same thing and they reworded it and reworded, reworded them. Let's speak English today, reworded them and renamed what they do. So, even though it's EOS through the traction model and that whole team that did that, they called it something else and they renamed all the terms. And so I don't know if you necessarily need an EOS branded implementer because they're going to charge you 25 grand, 50 grand. I don't know exactly what they're going to charge you. So it goes back to the self-argument of, could you self-implement? Yes, you could. However, I would recommend getting somebody else to come in even as a semi-pro in another faction of what EOS does and get them to help you implement. Because the first couple days of this are, it's a wordsmithing journey. (laughs) And I say that because they want you to come up with your vision, your traction, and all these fancy words that describe who you are and what you do. And so you and your team will wordsmith this all. And I say team, anyone, you know, four or five employees or bigger, that's, that's going to be ideal for you. If it's just you and one or two others, it's, it's probably not worth trying to do any sort of like pro implementation on. The greatest part about it is it turns into a cadence of meetings that you would conduct weekly, uh, sometimes monthly, and specifically quarterly and annually. That cadence of meetings is the biggest takeaway from EOS. So to more on that, we started with Phil. We Phil used uh, we implemented all the U.S. stuff. We did all those things we talked about. We have great vision, traction, organizer, and all that good stuff. And I'll read some some points to you because I pull out my VTO and uh, I keep it with me in my notes. And so core values: customer first, accountable, team player, continuous improvement, GSD, which is get blank done. GSD. You you insert the S. I'm trying to keep it you know PG or G rated whatever so I don't get banned. And then it goes into our core focus and our marketing strategy, et cetera. All that comes out of all that wordsmithing operation that you've got to go through. And it's necessary to get a long-term goal and vision traction. Do you need to do this every quarter? No, we, we don't do that any longer. We skip right through the fluff and we go straight into the issues. And the issues I love because it turns into, you know, it might turn into 50 that we write up on the board and we funnel it down to five or 10 things that we want to focus on for the next quarter. And I want to say that now because, That's kind of where the fast-forward end result ends up in those quarterly meetings. Now, as as a staff, you're going to do level 10 meetings. You're going to do um, inventory meetings like what we do. So we have two different meetings each week, weekly, and inventory meetings are everybody, everybody in the staff. And the L10, level 10 meetings are for key leaders in the team. And you're going to go over to, uh, you're going to talk about your rocks. You're going to talk about your, your quarterly goals and kind of identify projects that are along those same lines. So inside of this VTO that I carry around, I also have a one-year plan and then I have our quarterly rocks. And this is something that we keep, I keep with me at all times. And we even put a nice little binder. You can't really see it on the podcast, of course, but I put it in a nice little folder so it goes with me. And if you ever like, okay, what are we doing now? Oh yeah. Okay. Here's one of our goals. We want biz dev revenue of X. We want churn less than 15%. We want uh, X number of sale transactions for our sales team. So Those are things that we use as goals inside of that. Now, eventually what we ended up doing is uh, Phil did our implementation, but since he had to travel and it was getting a bit expensive for us, we hired our CPA, Shannon Badger, who's also part of the RentWorks Mastermind that we put on each year or twice a year. And Shannon is our licensed CPA and she's also an EOS integrator or implementer, if you want to call it the correct term. Inside of your organization, they're going to identify a implementer and, A visionary, visionary integrator, sorry. A visionary and an integrator is the correct term. I'm the visionary. I'm kind of like a seagull. I fly overhead and drop poop on everybody, okay? The integrator is Melanie in our organization. She's our CEO. And she's the one that can take the great ideas you may have and put them into the small little steps that it needs to get done. And that also can be done and pulled out through those quarterly meetings. So we do quarterly meetings every quarter, uh, we schedule them ahead of time. We do them offsite. Here's another key point: um, even though we have a nice fancy office, we still do these. We do these offsite, and we all go to a different, you know, like a, a uh, God dang it, what's the what's the term? Uh, a Regis office. Yeah, we go to a Regis office. We take the entire conference room, and we spend you know most of the day in there. We start a day, we get out of there by three, and we go through all those issues we go through our quarterly numbers we go through our annual goals we see if we're on track or off track we rate it we rate our meetings and it's a great meeting because we come out of it with a clear focus of what went on the previous quarter and ends up with a very good clear focus of what we want to do the next quarter and there have been hurt feelings i will tell you we've you know one of the the, the meetings that we had it seemed to be inadvertently a pile on the maintenance Guy's head, and the maintenance guy is no longer with us. I guess he just kind of felt the pressure of not being able to perform to what we expected, and he ended up leaving. So that came out of that meeting, and it and it was very constructive. But I think, uh, you know, he could feel the 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 fire to his feet being held. Let's say, hold your feet to the fire, and that turned into part of those KPIs we talked about because we started to implement more KPIs circling in and around the maintenance side of what we do, and it goes back to GWC. Okay, does this person get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity for that particular role? And in doing the GWC drill, you'll actually vote. So let's say you're you're there's five or eight of you or 10 of you in the room, and you're like, okay, what do, what do we think of this front desk person that's handling this? Or what do we think of this one maintenance technician? And we go around the room and we GWC that person and take a vote. And if at some point, there's no's. Okay, we have to identify what's going on here? Is this person worth retaining? Uh, is this person going to be better suited in a different seat on the bus? What are we going to end up doing with that particular person? And that's a big deal because uh, those t- those things are going to help you improve. What we just talked about, the title, is best practices and streamlining your operations. Well, that's going to be a big part of it is the personnel side. And we use that EOS model very effectively. Annual planning is a fun event. Because we try to bring everybody, even from our remote team member, key leaders, uh, we bring them into uh, the office from Mexico and we sit down with them and we go through a lot of different stuff on the annual planning. Obviously, you review everything that went on the prior year and then you get to forecast if you want what you're going to do for 20X, I mean, the next year, let's say. And we just did ours um, about a month ago. And again, another, it's, it's a fantastic drill. Every time you come out of there feeling pretty good uh, about the future. You might feel pretty good about the last year. And that's part of the point is underlying. You should come out of those meetings feeling better than what you went in with. Yeah. You might've had a few fails. You know, we had some to talk about and yeah, you might've had a few wins. We had some to talk about, but there's also going to be very clear projections of what you want to do in the next year. And you come out of it with a clear path, rocks, goals, KPIs, and ways to improve the business. And so I can't say enough about how good the EOS model is. And that's something that you should all consider. So I think this is is gonna tie right into uh, encouraging you to join us for the RentWorks Mastermind in 2024. Part of that is we talk specifically about the EOS model. Shannon Badger comes in, goes through some of this stuff. We go around the room, we get some of the key points. We give you some goals to walk out of that meeting with. We have two dates announced with the first one happening in May for our RentWorks Mastermind, the second one in December. These are limited events with only eight spots available for each date. Our first event was sold out and participants raved about their experience. We deliver the entire playbook of starting, growing, and running a successful property management company. Visit rwmastermind.com to learn more, rwmastermind.com. So again, closing up this episode, key points, look at EOS and implementing that, how you can better improve it, What are the quarterly and yearly goals? And look to join our RentWorks mastermind coming up. Any questions, feel free to reach out. And thanks again for listening to this episode. We'll definitely stay in touch. Take care.